handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. I have Lawrence Owen joining me today. And guys, we figured we'd do just a little quick video here on some of the guys that the Colts have re-signed back to the team and talk a little bit about their production, what we could maybe expect from them, what do they provide to the team having been re-signed. We know these players very well. What can they provide now with a new quarterback and a new direction going forward? So, Lawrence, I think the first guy we can talk about here, and it was the first big move that the Colts really made, and that was the re-signing of Marlon Mack to that $2 million contract that they got. You know, a lot of people have said, well, you know, how many snaps does he take away from Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines? Does that concern you? And then on top of the fact, you know, Oh, well, I mean, he's only getting signed for $2 million. Most likely, this is just a one-year stop on his way to trying to get a bigger deal when he shows he can stay healthy. What can what do you think we can expect from Marlon Mack to provide to this team this year? Man, and Matt, okay, so I'm from Indiana, northern Indiana, right? And from northern Indiana, I, I've got a lot of uh, different types of transportation that you see on the road, all right? So – Obviously, you have vehicles, you have motorcycles and bicycles and things like that. But a little bit further up north you go, you start seeing horse and buggies, right? Mm-hmm. right? You do. You, you you see them from the Amish and, and things of that nature. And I see this very much like a stable of horses, the running back stable. You get two guys that are very solid in Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, pulling this Colts wagon. And then you drop a third really solid guy in there. You got more horsepower, literally pun intended, you know? So this, it takes less stress on, on the, the players that are already there like Heinz and Taylor. Yes. It's going to take a couple snaps away, but that's the good thing about it because that means that they're still going to be healthy throughout a game. They're going to have plenty of uh, juice and energy when you get later in the season, sharing the load is so much better for the team than it is, you know, just for stats. I get it. All you guys out there that are are worried about, uh, well, I've got him on my uh, fantasy football. <laughs> I'd rather the team win and, and and be ready and healthy and and ready to go into the playoffs than well, I won my fantasy football league, you know, or got second mm-hmm. in it or something. Marlon Mack is definitely a great signing, as long as he's at least 90% of what he was since his Achilles tear. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of, you know, trying to bring him back, right, to see if that he has any of that left. And, you know, it's 50-50 at this point, whether or not he's going to be the same guy. and you, you never know. It's just to the point where I think, $2 million is a good risk and investment to make for a guy who just had 1,100 yards rushing the year prior to that. So I think that's worth it. And like you said, with sure, it takes a few reps away from those other guys, but that helps to keep them healthy. You know, and mm-hmm. when you have a 
long rotation of guys that can do with these all these different things, it really does help keep these guys healthy down the line. Because we saw with Jonathan Taylor at the end of that season, he started, I don't know if anyone really noticed, but he started to get on that injury report a little bit. He was talking about that back injury because, you know, of all the load he was carrying towards the end of the season, you know, he started, he started feeling the effects of it a little bit, you know, taking a couple of those snaps away and giving it to Marlon Mack might go a long way to keeping Jonathan Taylor healthy for years to come. Well, not just that also, I mean, Marlon Mack being on the team and, uh, uh, helping Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor is still just going into a second year. Marlon Mack was a, a well of information and knowledge for Jonathan Taylor last year. And, and Marlon Mack wasn't even on the field. Now he could be on the field with him, uh, sharing even more information. You know, this could only boon for only $2 million a year. This is a huge boon for the Indianapolis Colts in the running game, in my opinion. Huge. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We'll talk about, I think it was the actual first move that the Colts made of the entire offseason outside of bringing back Wentz. And that was a extension that was given to Zach Paschal. I don't remember how much it, exactly it was for. It was for a couple million, but nevertheless, Zach Paschal is returning to Indianapolis for at least another year on the extension there. I mean, honestly, I really like that idea. I think that it's important that we keep Zach Paschal around because, you know, Zach Paschal has been a really inspirational story for a lot of people. This guy came in undrafted, really had to fight his way in. And, you know, for many years before Andrew Luck retired, you know, he was honestly their most, his most reliable weapon for one of those years. Cause he was always healthy and he was really figuring his way. And, you know, Zach Pascal, I can make the argument right now. I mean, obviously we're waiting to see what Pittman can do. And then we're, we're thinking he's going to eclipse to eventually be the number one guy and Paris Campbell. We don't know of yet, but, I could argue over the last two seasons, Zach Pascal's been the true number two wide receiver on this Indianapolis Colts roster because, you know, the stats may not be amazing, but he's reliable. He's always there. He's always productive. He's reliable. I mean, and dependable. I mean, he doesn't really have, I think he's one of the few receivers that I don't question if he's going to catch the football or not. I mean, it's, that's been a problem for this Colts team for many years that we've said that this team just drops the ball all the time. But Zach Pascal's never had that issue. And and I love that Zach Pascal's going to stay with this team for a little while longer. Oh, yeah, definitely. Zach Pascal has kind of grown on Colts fans in general over the past couple of years. Let's not even talk about, you know, the fact that he's he seems to have glue for hands and uh, can, and, and as you say, you know, he has been that guy that when people go down, the coach has no problem throwing them out there and saying, Hey, go run some routes, be that 50 50 guy, you know. And but hey, let's not forget the man can run block, and that is a huge benefit again to the Colts on a double ended thing. If you could take that edge, uh, the corners out on a run block. Holy crap, I'm not even talking about the fact that he could just plow over a defensive end, you know, near the end zone. All right. Yes. I'm talking about he could seal that edge off from cornerbacks on sweeps and stuff when when running backs will break it out to the outside and allow them to turn that corner. Ho ho, that's so nice to see from from wide receivers. You know, Pittman and him both are able to do that. Now, Pascal signed only a one-year extension. 
and it was $3.384 million. That is very good money for a wide receiver that has provided the kind of production that he, that Zach Pascal has given on the field over the past couple of years, in my opinion. Think about what some of these guys out here right now in free agency that provided very similar stuff last year are making easily twice that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Pascal, uh, the thing is, everybody's talking about we need to add, we need to add, we need to add to this wide receiving core. I, you know, weapons are always nice to have, but if you already got a guy who obviously – uh, is producing in your scheme with the guys that are around him. You want to keep him. This was a smart move in keeping passable. And thank you very much for reminding everyone of that block on that defensive end. I was going to if you didn't, because that was the best block of the entire year. I don't even want to hear about Trent Williams' block because that was a 320-pound man doing that to a 220-pound man. I'm talking about a wide receiver that weighs a buck 90 and is going out and just laying out a 270 pound man. I mean, <laughs> off the off the snap too. It's not like he had a running start. Off the mm-hmm. snap just cuts down and knocks that man down. That was a great block. You're right. Zach Pascal really has the uh the physicality to play the way the Colts want him to cuz you're right. The reason why Pascal was getting more time than T.Y. Hilton was last year, a lot of the time, again, is due to the fact that the Colts like to run the football and Zach Pascal is reliable at blocking uh, in the secondary or if you need him to come inside and block somebody on the inside, he apparently has the strength to do that. <laughs> so, all right, let's talk about another great run blocker on this team and a guy that really emerged last year and that was Mo Ali Cox. Now, obviously, he was a restricted free agent. They had the chance to match anything that he would be offered, and Cox is going to be returning as well. I mean, Lawrence, honestly, I know we've been going kind of back and forth on the whole, you know, tight end one, tight end two situation. I think you were in the live stream when Michael was talking about that as well. You know, we're just kind of like, I, we don't know how this tight end group's going to go down because, you know, the Colts seem to have a different idea of what they want to do with it versus what the rest of the fans want to. What do you think? Do you think Cox does even more next year with Wentz now? Because Wentz is a is a pretty tight end friendly quarterback as well. I mean, you know, he's, he's always been friendly to Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard and all these boys in Philly. I mean, do you think this could be another coming out party for Cox this upcoming year? I think this is his breakout year. And I explain that because a lot of people want to say, well, uh, Moale Cox, you, you didn't see much of him last year. He had a couple decent catches. He had that one bobble at the end zone that was picked off. That was a very rare thing that happened, by the way. Uh, when I watched, I was like, whoa, I bet I won't see that again in his career. But no, think about last year. Who... Who, who was quarterbacking the Colts last year? It was Mr. Immobile Phillip Rivers, right? <laughs> Mo Ali Cox was had the sixth – him and Jack Doyle had almost exactly the same amount of snaps last year, okay? And Jack Doyle being the number one guy at tight end, Mo Ali Cox I think had like five less snaps or some crap like that last year uh, than Jack Doyle. So he had equal amount of snaps, 
but he was held back to block, to pass block, rather than go out on route so much because Rivers needed that extra time because he could not, you know, he wasn't a mobile quarterback. He's got Carson Wentz now. He's going to be going out on route. Will he still be held in the block? Obviously, he'll be still held in the block occasionally. Jack Doyle still does it. You know, if you've got a guy who could block, you utilize his strengths. But he also, we've seen him go out there and just reach straight up in the air near the end, in the end zone and just palm a ball, right? I mean, yep. in the the man can catch a football. He's got size. He's got a stride. The guy, I, I really honestly believe, I expect Moale Cox to probably get, I don't know, somewhere eight touchdowns next year. Uh, I think he's going to be a huge red zone target. I really do. Uh, I think between him and Pittman Jr., I think those are going to be your two biggest touchdown targets next season. You heard it here first, everybody. When uh, when Cox gets eight touchdown passes in the red zone this year, I want you to come back to this video, and this man right here is the first one to mention it, all right? We, we got our sources straight, all right? All right, last guy that we're going to talk about here for – this video, and it was the big one that just came out a few days ago, and that is T.Y. Hilton. Everybody kind of knows how what T.Y. Hilton was saying with Pat McAfee the other day about how, you know, all of this is going down and how that deal went down. But, I mean, you were talking about it, I think, right before, um, right before we went on, saying how, you know, Hilton's numbers last year, they were less than stellar uh, by every stretch of – his career, you know, he's been much better than that. But, you know, I think a lot of us tend to agree that it was the design of the offense and it was the design of Philip Rivers that had a lot to do with it because it wasn't about finding the best wide receiver and utilizing it. It was about spreading the ball around to make it hard for a defense to get into a zone. And then as the season went on, hit that game plan still happened, but we got Hilton a lot more involved at the end of the year and he started showing what he could still do. So do you think Hilton has similar to what Cox in your opinion, do you think that Hilton has a slightly better statistical year with Wentz thrown in the football now? No. Um, he had what? 600 and some, I think he was, I think it was about 700 yards yeah. and it was five touchdowns on the year. So. Five touchdowns is about what Hilton averages. Uh, yeah, it's he's not a right. big. Yeah, he's not a big touchdown guy. He's a yardage guy. I mm-hmm. could see his yardage going up this upcoming season. But here's the thing: last year, don't, don't make no qualms about it. Philip Rivers had over four thousand yards passing. I mean, he he slung the ball around. Yep. Uh, the first six weeks was a little bit interesting because you know he had no kind of. Uh, time to to get in sync with his receivers and and get his playbook and all that. Carson shouldn't have that problem this season. He should have a full off season with his receivers. That includes T. Y. Hilton. And one thing that uh, receive uh, quarterbacks have loved about T. Y. Hilton and why he is a go to guy is because T. Y. understands what a quarterback is going through because of his connection that he had with Luck, how close they were friendship-wise, when his quarterback is under duress and starts to take off, you will see something click in T.Y. Hilton, and he will go to an area 
that is easy for the quarterback to see and throw to, you know, so that he could just, he just completely drops whatever he's doing, whether it's route wise or anything, and just go to a place on the field that the quarterback will be able to see immediately and just throw the ball out there because you know that T.Y. is going to come down with it. And that that's a very underrated thing that T.Y. Hilton does. He's an unconventional route runner in, in the first place. But yep. because he's an unconventional route runner, he has that ability to do exactly what I just said. And a lot of his plays, if you've ever noticed, a lot of his big plays, if you go look at his highlights, are when the quarterback is under duress and T.Y. has broken off from his route. That is a very similar thing. Um, Carson Wentz loves his smaller, quick, agile receivers. You know, he was huge with Deshaun Jackson. You know, that was one of his favorite targets. Obviously, he loved Zach Ertz as well. So that, that that's the Mo Alley Cox kind of side of it. But yeah, T.Y. is going to be huge for... Um, for Carson Wentz, and I think also I think Carson Wentz is going to help Ty out as well because he's got the mobility to extend the play. Plus, he's got a cannon for an arm. You know, mm-hmm. this is not a situation with Philip where you know he has to he can't throw it thirty yards down the sideline and hit you in a tight window. Carson can still do that. Yep, absolutely. You're right. I mean, it, it, an unconventional route runner against a team that plays in zone coverage every now and again, it's, it, it gets annoying for those corners because you're trying to cover your zone and a guy that knows how to get in between those zones, if Carson just hits him in the right spot every time, yeah, you're right. T.Y. outside of the first couple weeks of last year has never had a problem with dropping the football. I think that was just kind of more of a fluke issue. I don't think that's going to be something we have to worry about this next year, but uh, thank you guys for tuning into the video. I think that's going to do it for this one. Lawrence, thank you so much for uh, coming on and doing this with me, man. Oh, man. Thanks for having me on. I always love coming on to the, to the stream and, and talking Colts, NFL, uh, everything. You know, th- this is something I love doing. I love doing it with you guys. So have a good one. Appreciate you, man. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let us know what you guys think in the comments section. Let us know if you're happy about some of these resigns. Is there somebody that you wish the Colts wouldn't have invested that money into? Kind of hard to think that there's any negatives on the contracts that we got, but, you know, enlighten me if there is one. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts.